content warning. Blood, corpse defilings, violence, and the undead. Action! Excitement! Horror! Romance! Thrills and chills! Swords and sorcery! Rockets and ray guns! A dizzying panoply of the strange and impossible from the darkest depths of the human imagination! What mad universe encompasses such tales as these? us as we bear witness to the sweeping sprawl of all the history that never was and all the futures that could yet be. It's adventure as you like it on What What Mad Universe. Countryside of Belgrade, sometimes called Selene, sometimes V Vampire, but the vampires designated as the Sepulchre or the College. This place is usually invisible to mortal eyes. Some have seen, some have seen it, however. But it seems that each of them was found in the presence of a different image, as the reports about it are diverse and even contrary. Some speak, indeed, of a great city of black jasper, with streets and palaces like other cities but all in mourning and wrapped in eternal darkness. Others have glimpsed immense amphitheater, covered in domes and mosques, and launching skyward more minarets than the pine forest de Noir. So here we are on uh, the week before Halloween, uh, about to discuss vampires and where, they're, where they came from, which is... Well, many different places, but also their role in pulp, which is undeniable. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got some great, you know, uh, Phil here is our resident expert on vampires. He really knows what he's talking about when it comes to vampires. Well, uh, vampires of a certain period, basically the Victorian <laughs> era. Right, but that is the birth of the vampire yeah, in yeah. the popular novel, as it were. Yeah. So um, we're going to talk today about a, a novel called Vampire City by Paul Feval. Uh, which is an interesting novel uh, that Phil uh, has steered me towards, uh, which is um, uh, predates Dracula. It was 1867, the year um, it was published? There's it, some controversy over that. Okay. Um, <laughs> it, it's, I mean, it's uh, 72 in some some versions, but... Uh, um, Fair uh, enough. Yeah, it's, but... It's before, it's yeah, before Dracula. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Some uh, people believe it was published earlier, including the translator of this. Yes. So this is a it's, this is an interesting novel. It's fr It was French. We've uh, translated into English. Um, and it's uh, sort of, in, in some ways, smack dab in the middle of the 19th century. And in some ways, the, va the 19th century is kind of... It's kind of bookended with uh, vampire stories wouldn't you say is that is yeah, that a, a yeah. weird way to put it um because they um let me just check here uh yeah i mean uh the first notable i mean there there were earlier vampire stories or mentions of vampires in sure in fiction but the first really notable one that gained popular attention was uh the vampire right. that's with a y mm -hmm. a tale by uh john polidori right um 
and there's a there's actually a whole story behind this. Do you want to go into let's it? Get, let's okay. do it. Uh, basically, uh, this was also the birth of Frankenstein. Uh, right. Mary, Mary Shelley, Percy Shelley, John Polidori, Lord Byron uh, were all gathered together. It was a rainy night, and they were they uh, got a contest to tell ghost stories or horror stories of some sort. And Mary Shelley came up with Frankenstein, mm-hmm. and uh, um, I don't think uh, Percy Shelley came up with anything notable. I, I think he did a ghost story, yeah, if yeah. I recall that story correctly. Um, but, but yeah, uh, we haven't remembered it. Yeah, it's not, but you know. and Byron uh, mm-hmm. had uh, read about vampires in his travels through Turkey, mm-hmm. and uh, started and came up with a vampire story. Mm-hmm. He started writing it down. It still survives as a fragment. It's like a couple paragraphs, uh, but he abandoned it. And John Polidori, who was his traveling companion, he was a and also a physician, mm-hmm. um, sort of picked that up and ran with it, and uh, actually ended up basing the character on Byron. Oh, and it's a negative, right? You know, uh, <laughs> look at him. You know, Byron was known as you know he's mad, bad, and dangerous. No, that was right. the phrase yeah, around yeah. him. Yeah, and um, you know he would ruin women's reputations and right. so forth. The Byronic. Yeah, exactly. Well. So that's um, so Polidori sort of uh, wrote the story as a critique of him. Okay. It's not that, I mean, the story is kind of, it's got very little dialogue. It's all just sort of right being it's short and, and to the point, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Um, so it's not a novel then. It's just a short story. Yeah, it's a, it's a novella, short story to novella. Oh, okay. It's not very long. All right. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, the the character is particularly savage in it hmm. uh lord riven is the name of the character right. it's spelled ruthven ruthven yeah but uh <laughs> apparently it's a real title yeah but it's scottish okay and the character's not but you know all right whatever it's pronounced yeah. riven yeah um and uh it became very popular instantly right. partially because it was initially attributed in a lot of places to byron mm-hmm. who was of oh. course more famous right byron hated it <laughs> um no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> he hated the story that was criticizing him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, actually, the name uh, Lord Riven came from an earlier story criticizing Byron, so it wasn't even... It wasn't about a vampire, though, but... Okay. <laughs> so other people had written hit pieces on Byron. Right. Yeah, he wasn't... He, he had a lot of people who yes. didn't like him very much, didn't he? Yes. Uh, but, yeah. Um. Well, with good reason, apparently. No, but... yeah, apparently he was kind of a jerk. Yeah, exactly. But, um... Anyway, so just uh, skipping ahead a little bit. So then um, I know... I'd say there's... um, This is not uh, an official sort of scholarly thing, but I I consider there to be a big four in vampire fiction in the Victorian era. Oh, okay, good. So that's uh, The Vampire by John Polidori, Mm -hmm. which uh, introduced vampires to English literature. Okay. Because they weren't really known in England at that time. England doesn't have native vampire myths right actually let's uh, let's back up a little, okay i did sure. a little bit uh going back before that um i was just going back into sort of where's the real origin of the vampire uh vampires have their origins in prehistory uh i mean undead creatures are spirits that drink the blood of the living are part of the cultures the world over from the filipino aswang uh, which can separate the top half of its body and go flying out uh to drink blood uh to the sukuyant of the caribbean um, which is, a, 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 again, a blood-drinking spirit that travels as a foxfire through the air, which is kind of cool. Uh, however, the folkloric vampire that we all know uh, seems to have originated in southeastern Europe. Um, 
there was actually a guy in 1730 named Dr. Johannes Fluckinger, uh, who was a mil- an army official of some kind. Uh, he apparently went out to uh, investigate reports of vampires, which, of course, the natives actually believed in. And it was the kind of thing where, you know, you'd find a corpse with, like, uh, that had been preserved unusually because the soul, the soil had a lot of arsenic in it, for mm-hmm. instance. Or, you know, you'd see it and then, like, it would be bleeding from the mouth or the eyes. Uh, and so they'd see that and go, and, and other, and, and sometimes it would be sitting upright maybe because of rigor mortis or something. So there were all these sort of rumors that came or gone, oh, that, that, that dead body isn't, uh, lying easily and it's going out at night to drink blood, you know? And so they had to hammer it down with a wooden stake, of course. Um, so that, that was y- to keep it down. That was to keep it down. Yeah. It, it was literally pro- just to pin it to the earth. But it may have just been a purely practical thing, yeah. except of course, everyone's terrified of it. So it's, yeah. <laughs> but yes, the, um, the actual superstition about the vampires was an Eastern European thing, Romania, Wallachia. Of course, that's where Dracula came from. That's a re- there's a reason for that. That is more or less the region where the vampire myth came from. Uh, but anyway, this guy Flickinger apparently went out and was uh, basically wrote a report on, oh yes, they found bodies that weren't decomposed and uh, they found unusual things. And uh, it apparently took first in Germany and then France and then it was eventually translated to English. It sort of took everyone by storm as kind of a true fact. A tr- you know, it was almost the Fortean phenomena report of its day that people uh, recorded. So uh, that's kind of how, when vampires exploded into Western Europe before I guess people hadn't really heard of them uh, per se, but that's that's what in really England. in England, yeah. yeah, in the Western Europe, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, again, there, you can point to myths that sort of overlap with it, but yeah, yeah. The, 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 there are definitely uh, werewolf myths in in uh, the United Kingdom, right? I know there's some in Ireland and sure. so forth, but vampires as we know them today aren't really native to there. Yeah, the 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 one the classic vampire is Eastern European. That's apparently what kind of one of the things uh that really popularized it because a few uh a few uh, years later uh we have the first report of the word vampire in english uh which is 19 uh, 1734 i should say uh from a book called um Travels of Three English Gentlemen, which is an extremely mundane title, uh, and it's an anonymous story. Nobody's sure who wrote it. Uh, there's a passage about it which says, The vampires, which came out of the graves in the nighttime, rush upon people sleeping in their beds, suck out all their blood, and destroy them. They attack men, women, and children, sparing neither age nor sex. The people attacked by them complain of suffocation and a great interception of spirits, after which they soon expire. Some of them being asked at the point of death, what is the matter with them? Say they suffer in the manner just related from people lately dead, or rather the specters of those people, upon which their bodies, from the description given of them by the sick person, being dug out of the graves, appear in all parts as the nostrils, cheeks, breast, mouth, etc., turgid and full of blood. Their countenances are fresh and ruddy, and their nails, as well as hair, very much grown. And though they have been much longer dead than many other bodies, which are perfectly putrefied, not the least mark of corruption is visible upon them. Those who are destroyed by them after their death become vampires, so that to prevent so spreading an evil it is found requisite to drive a stake through the dead body, from whence on this occasion the blood flows as if the person was alive. Sometimes the body is dug out of the grave and burnt to ashes, upon which all disturbance cease. The Hungarians call these specter Pamgri, and the Servians vampires, but the etymon or reason of these names is not known. So you can see most of the 
famous things about vampires are already there in, 19, in 1734. Mm-hmm. They've got that one thing that was a big thing that kind of faded was the idea that they would be sort of dark, ruddy, and blood flushed. That was actually part of the folklore originally. Yes, yes. And that actually shows up in a few stories. Right. Mostly Varney the vampire. Mm-hmm. He's pale most of the time. They sort of have it both ways. He's pale most of the time. Right. But after he drinks blood, he becomes ruddy and bloated. Okay. All right. That's that. Yeah. So, and that's a good segue because you're. So he's one of the other. Two, yeah, one of, one of the big four, I'd say. Yeah. Um, Varney the Vampire yes. was a penny dreadful, mm-hmm. so it was serialized. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would pay pennies and they would send you chapters, basically. Right. Yep. Mail you chapters. And mm-hmm. uh, it went on for about uh, two or three years. Um, so it was quite successful. Uh, I've read the whole thing. It's terrible. I do not recommend yeah. it. I, I remember you saying it's one of the worst books you'd ever read. I yes, think. yes. It's up there. Like, <laughs> it was one of the early bad books I read. I, I'm just amazed. Because you're not the only one. I've heard so many people say it's such yeah. a terrible book. And I'm like, how um, can it be that bad? Well, just for example, there's a character named George who's one of the main family's uh, brothers. Uh-huh. He disappears after a certain chapter and is never mentioned again. Okay. And uh, it's clear the writer forgot he existed. <laughs> because yeah. he was writing so many other right. stories at the time yeah. the writer was uh james malcolm reimer it's often attributed to thomas prescott Prest, but okay. apparently it was anonymous published but uh mm-hmm. apparently it was more likely reimer uh but uh yeah varney himself is an interesting character but uh the the book he appears in is just really mm-hmm. long and tedious and repetitive and boring is that the one where uh you first start to see vampires with fangs yes yes um there might be an earlier story uh the uh skeleton skeleton counter the vampire mistress by Mm -hmm. caroline elizabeth gray okay but that's probably a fraud okay um yeah it was um right yes it was most likely uh written in the 1990s by uh to sell a compilation of victorian vampire stories okay you know, putting out one that had never been uh, seen before. That's, so. that's great. Actually, when I, as I was researching, I heard about somebody was describing a Greek myth that sort of perfectly describes the origin of vampires. And it was claiming, yeah, here's where the vampire myth came from, uh, that Selene uh, had a lover who was cursed by Apollo so that he could never go. He had to be in eternal darkness and he made a deal with silver. And I was like, but it describes vampires exactly as they are modern, basically. So I, And people were just uncritically reporting this as the origin of vampires in Greek mythology and i was like wait a minute and i looked it up and sure enough this seems to be a very recent uh mm. <laughs> thing that they've rep- that they've done that somebody did just to you know in like the 70s i think they published it yeah to, you know so uh and the fangs is probably the biggest tell in that story because otherwise it sort of lines up with how vampires were early were depicted early on mm-hmm. which is uh that they could be killed normally but the light of the full moon revives them okay so that's uh, Lord Are we still talking about Var- Varney the vampire? Or we Varney about- as well. Okay. Uh, but this this is just the tell in that in that story that that was a fraud. The right. fangs were a tell. Oh, uh, I see. But okay. otherwise, it uh, it fit in with things like Varney and uh, okay. Riven, who uh, um, can just be killed like a human, but then the light of the full moon brings them right. back to life and heals them. Well, that's really interesting. Uh, Mike Mignola did a Hellboy story where a vampire they needed that he needed the full moon to revive okay him, that's which was that's kind of an interesting so he's obviously read a lot of the folklore that, oh yeah definitely that that. Oh, it's kind of well this doesn't really come from folklore it pretty much was invented by byron because oh, okay. that's in the fragment that byron wrote oh okay all right um so yeah interesting all right but, uh, so what are the other two of the big four um I mean, I can guess what carmilla, the last one's gonna be okay <laughs> um yeah carmilla um 
Um, and I, I say the the big four because they were influenced on Dracula, which is, of course, the be-all and end-all. Right. Uh, so Dracula is the last one. But uh, Carmilla is uh, a very well-written story. Um, uh, features the quintessential lesbian vampire. Right. Though she's predatory, so it's not really... A lot of people have sort of reclaimed the character recently. Right. I know there's a web series where she's like a hero anti-hero oh, okay uh that's quite popular hmm. but uh she is like a villain in the story but okay. uh who's st- the author of that one uh jay sheridan lefanu okay wrote a number of uh occult detective stories okay this was, the, is this in english in, this english book, this yes okay. it's set in um uh ooh. sorry i'm having a brain fart but no it's it's set in eastern europe but it's written in english okay all right so these uh, are, yeah go on yeah uh, Varney was also English, so all the ones I've been talking about so far are English. Right, right. Um, and of course, Dracula, which um, took elements from Carmilla, took elements from Varney, mostly, mostly mm. the fangs. Right. And of course, the uh, from Riven, the the idea of the uh, aristocratic, you know, right, well-to-do vampire, mm-hmm. right, uh, with pale skin and all that. Right. So uh, Dracula was sort of building on a century of. Uh, right. And then uh, he fiction. And then he took uh, like, was there some particular reason he took the historical uh, Vlad Tepes? Uh, apparently, he had just uh, he had originally going to be he was originally going to call the character Count Vampire, okay, or Vampire with a with a W. Um, <laughs> Real subtle. That's like Doctor Acula. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> vampires weren't that known. I mean, they were yeah, already. No, of yeah. This was a century after right the vampires, so it's. Right. They, that yeah, that would have been pretty bad. Um, but uh, he apparently discovered the name Dracula in a in a his, history book, and he didn't do much research beyond that. Oh, okay. So it's just sort of a coincidence that it lines up with a lot of Vlad the Impaler's things. Oh, okay. But uh, like the description of Dracula in life in the novel mm-hmm. says he was blameless in life, oh. like he was a good person. And yeah, no, no, <laughs> no, he wasn't. Yes, well, he was of course a beloved in. Uh, Europe because he probably well, Romania, saved Europe. Yeah. He probably saved Europe from an Islamic invasion at the time yeah. when he was at. Like it, we might the Eastern Europe might have been overrun by Islam. Islam at the time. Uh, yeah, he but he was been, still really. Oh, uh, he was horrible. Yes, <laughs> he was a brutal blood. Dr- it was the kind of you know. Oh, we want this monster to be on our side, basically. Was yeah, the attitude. And it sounds like everyone hated him too. Like they mm-hmm. just they needed him basically yeah. to to. to um, defend against the Turkish, um, I guess it was the Ottomans who were invading. So yeah, this is all English <clears throat> stories. Right. But the book we're going to be mostly talking about today, uh, Vampire City, yes. um, is French, Especially. and it comes from sort of a slightly different tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, no fangs in this one. Right. The vampires drink blood through two ways in the story. Right. Uh, at one point, he pricks uh, his victim in the neck with a uh, pin mm-hmm. and sucks out the blood. Right. This actually goes back in French literature to... Uh, La Morte Amoureuse, sorry for the pronunciation, by Theophile Gautier. Mm-hmm. Again, sorry for the pronunciation. From the uh, 1830s. Um, the, I love this story, by the way. Okay. I read an English translation called Clarimon. It's just gorgeous Oh, language. yeah, Clarimon. Yeah, I've yeah. heard of that. Yeah. Gorgeous language. Uh, just gorgeous use of color imagery and all this. You know, it's misogynistic. You know, everything from this time is going to have problematic elements. But, uh, right. Um, a really well written story, but yeah, she uses a hairpin to uh, to to uh, uh, poke. poke, yeah, and then drink the blood out. Right. Um. So, um, 
Yeah, and the other way in this story is, yeah, we're going to talk about how weird this yeah. particular novel yeah. is. Well, so but he uses a sharp tongue to pierce the neck right. and then sucks out like a leech. Well, hadn't that been appeared in earlier... Ver- in fact, wasn't that kind of considered to be the way vampires I've uh, never come blood? across that. No, eh? Okay. No. All right. Because the fangs originate with Varney, so... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, in... Uh, in the Vampire by John Polidori, it's described as human teeth marks on the neck. Okay. So he just rip uses his strength to rip out the flesh. Okay. So it's more brutal. All right. Um. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the book uh, just in yeah, general terms. Yeah, I, I describe it as a weird cul-de-sac in vampire fiction. Right. Because it didn't influence anything that came after it. Mm-hmm. It's very has li- very <laughs> little to do with anything that came before it. It's just. Um, mm-hmm. It is what it is. It's well. It's it's definitely like it seems to be a satire or a parody. Oh right? yeah, it's definitely a comedy. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not trying to call it a comedy, but it's definitely a satire. Yes. Yeah. It has some funny moments. Yeah. But, yeah. It, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. There's definitely some. Yeah. Okay. okay fair enough. You're he's just, he's definitely turning to the audience and and making some wisecracks once in a while mm-hmm. throughout the story. Uh, but I think. But you know, it it is pretty effectively creepy at points. At too. points, That's yeah. The the thing you read off at the beginning right is uh how they advertise it of the translation actually they use this that same quote and uh it is i mean the description of the city is very evocative mm-hmm. the the very idea of a vampire city is really cool right um you know a secret city in the middle of eastern europe that only vampires can go to you know right it's, it's a really cool idea yeah well, just just to generally oversee. Well, let's talk about uh, Paul Feval because he did um, the the author of this. He did uh, uh, two other vampire novels. Yes, right? yes. One of them was uh, Le Chevalier Tenombe. Okay. Uh, or literally, the Dark, the Dark Knight. Knight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, they translated that differently. It's called uh, Nightshade in English now. Right. By the way, all these are recent translations. Okay. Because these are very obscure books. Right. Uh, so these are translations done in like the 2000s. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, this one, uh, uh, Nightshade is, um, it's barely a vampire story. They keep calling them vampires, but they don't really do anything. This is the one vampire like two brothers. And yeah. They're, they're sort of... basically con artists. Right. And, uh, it's, uh, it's about a party and they're telling stories about these two brothers mm-hmm. who are supposedly vampires. And at the end, it seems they were there all along. So. Right. And it's sort of like, maybe it's just that their legend is that they're vampires or yeah. whatever. Right. And then the other one he did was... Uh, um, it's called Love Vampire, mm-hmm. uh, often translated as the vampire, or translated into English as the Vampire Countess. Mm-hmm. Um, this, uh, another weird one. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Vampire uh, uh, Countess Adema, Adema. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't drink blood. She rips off people's scalps and wears their hair as a wig, and the blood seeps into her bald head, and she gets uh, um, a a day of life for every year that person would have lived. <laughs> yeah, I love I love how weird that is. Yeah, yeah. It's it's I've heard it described as metal as hell, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the books uh, I I did read it, but it. I don't remember much about it other than the ending in that particular detail. Yeah. It's set during uh, one of the French revolutions. I can't even remember which one. Um, uh, and it, well, it probably he, would have been the seven, the original French revolution. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and yeah, it keeps talking about how great homeopathy is. <laughs> 
um, which also shows up in Vampire City. There's a line from the inventor of homeopathy in it. Right. And uh, apparently Favel um, uh, believed in homeopathy a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. He went to a homeopathist to, uh, is that the word? Uh, I guess. <laughs> I've never heard uh, it said uh, out loud. Cure, but, yeah, yeah, for his... Um, uh, homeopath. Homeopath, thank yeah. you. Um uh to uh because he had a mental breakdown okay and uh he ended up marrying the doctor's daughter so so it kind of works in the family (laughs) i guess but um yeah no and and just from that thing of uh the blood scalp thing you can see how sort of weird some of faval's things is yeah and I, i feel like he's literally even at the time sort of tweaking the way that we always make up different rules for different vampires. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, that's something uh, that's uh, I want to talk about, because pretty much every vampire story you're going to come across has a part where they say, other vampire stories have right. you know, this, but that's not real. Right. The real vampires are this way. Right. I, I think TV Tropes called it, uh, your vampires suck. <laughs> um and uh, that actually goes back to Victorian literature. I mean, um, uh, Carmilla has it, you know, vampires aren't really pale. They, they have healthy complexions. Right. And uh, also uh, um, uh, Count Eric Sten- Stenislas uh, uh, Stenbach wrote a story called The True Story of a Vampire. And it starts off by saying most vampires come from Styria. Uh, and this one does too, but he arrived by train, not a carriage. You know, that sort of okay. thing. Okay, all right. Um, and he was actually, yeah. Right. Um, so this is common. It also, there's a line in uh, Vampire City where it says they, it's commonly believed that they can be uh, hurt by, f- killed by fire, but that's not true. Right. Yeah, exactly, um, yeah. So let's get to the weirdness of these vampires. Yeah. Well, let's okay. Let's okay. let's just quickly talk about the basic idea of the story. Okay. Um, just so people get brought over. The plot's not super relevant, but it's basically about uh, a woman named Anne Radcliffe. The story's being told uh, by someone who knew her uh, to the author himself, who sort of inserts himself into the story. Mm-hmm. And he said, and she says, "Oh, I knew that. I knew Anne. Anne Radcliffe. Anne Radcliffe. Uh, for those who don't know, was a Gothic writer, right? An English well, Gothic writer. Yeah, I'll get to that okay. in just a sec. But just just the basic plot. Yeah, she was a, she was a real person. Uh, so she was being inserted into the story. But yes, it's just uh, that she goes. Um, uh, you know, some friends of hers. Uh, run into trouble uh, and she goes to pursue them with some servants and find they've fallen under the spell of a vampire named Monsieur Goatsy. Yes, yes very Go- unfortunate. <laughs> Monsieur Goatsy, It's spelled with a Z, not a not S-E, but yeah. It's a German kind of name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otto Goatsy. Otto Goatsy. And he, um, he's, so he's kind of, he's preying on them and sort of, li- li- as well as, you know, I don't know if he's actually feeding on them, but he's he's doing the thing. He's metaphorically feeding on them. Because yeah, he's, he's stealing them into, from. He wants to yeah. to get money out of them, basically, because right. one of them is coming into an inheritance. Right, and he's kind of luring them uh, astray into temptation because yeah. they were all pure and noble, and then they became you know gambling degenerate sex addicts and everything. Mm. Um, so uh, she goes to pursue them. Um, she finds uh, basically that uh, they she. She confronts him, and they and one of the servants. Her two servants are named uh, Gray Jack and, and Mary, Mary Bones. Bones. Mary Bones is a 
horrible racist Irish stereotype. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like he's barely human. Right. Well, and that I almost feel was satirical because he's yeah. the hero of the book. He does he, everything. He's, yeah, he's the real hero of the book. <laughs> and I feel like that was because he does a lot of, uh, Favell does a lot of sort of commenting on the various countries. And he was, you know, he's talking about how great the English are, but he's kind of using that sarcastically. Yeah. And I feel like he's doing that because the British didn't think much of the Irish. And he was doing that Fair to enough, kind of mock yeah. their mockery of the Irish. I know, but it goes, it's a little extreme. Like his his hair is so matted that he can hold a spoon in it. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> well, it's so over the top. And yeah. it's like, he has barely any flesh on his bones. So when he gets stabbed, he doesn't get hurt by yeah. it or whatever. <laughs> and his, what is it? His head can like knock down a wall or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's just completely ridiculous. Like, and, and but yeah. And he keeps saying Bagora. Bagora, yeah. If you read this book, you know, get used to the word Bagora. <laughs> Yeah. So it's it's a weird thing where I actually feel like he was mocking the racism against the Irish rather mm. than than trying to literally embrace it because I don't think the French had anything against the Irish the way the English would. I, I uh, don't know. But uh but no, it's yes, it's a little hard to say of course back in uh back in those days what was racist and what was satirical racism, <laughs> I guess. Um but um anyway, it's so they go uh they they Mary Bones basically really seriously injures uh, Mr. Goatsey. They end up uh severing He's okay. Well, we'll, we'll describe the okay, vampire. Let's let's get into how weird this vampire is. So okay, Phil, take it away. So yeah, uh, starting with they glow green when they're doing vampire things. Mm-hmm. So this predates Twilight Sparkling by mm-hmm. by over a century, right? Um, or almost a century. Yeah. No, over a century. No, well, a century. Sorry, yeah, hundred fifty years. My math, mm-hmm. math is not my strong suit. Um, but uh, when they. Uh, also, when they're doing vampire things, their lower lip glows red. Um, their hair stands up and waves around like it's made out of fire. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. They have a um, uh, a hole in their heart where a key can be inserted to wind them up again. Right. They have a mechanical heart. Not quite I guess. mechanical. It's not. But they're sort of. Um, they're described as organic clockwork at one point hmm. because um, a vampire is actually several beings that are separate yes every this is the person weirdest they, part yeah, yeah every person they kill they mm-hmm. turn into some sort of weird shaped thing uh there's a he turns a person into a parrot a person into a a, a full-grown man into a small urchin boy uh a woman into a fat bald woman uh a man into a man with no face and that was actually a woman i think he turned into a oh, man, into yeah, yeah, keeper with no face yeah fair a enough. bearded man with yeah. no face and uh, and a uh, a dog with a human uh, humanesque shape. Right. Um, so these are all actually people he killed and transformed. Mm-hmm. They become. Uh, uh, I think the English translation calls it uh, sub vampires. Though I checked the French and they're called vampiricules <laughs> in the original. So <laughs> probably a word he made up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it says an entire village could actually just be one vampire, right? And, and he can and he can duplicate himself too. Yeah. Like. Yes. Yes. One of his, uh, I think it describes the first kill uh, becomes a duplicate of himself, right? And afterwards, each one, each sub vampire can also duplicate themselves, right? So each one of these is actually two, right? And then they can all fold in together. Yeah, into they can all his enter his body. body. Yeah. yeah. So, like, and he talks about how to cross running water, which was a big deal for a vampire, uh, he can lie down on a plank and, like, float across. Yeah, no, as a plank. Like, he just lies down on them. Oh. Lies down on the the back of the water, uh, face up, and he can direct himself by his feet. Right. 
and but they all have to fold into him yeah, to do that yeah. basically so they're all in one body yeah and uh how he gets injured is they trap one of his sub vampires his duplicate right. in a in a uh iron coffin mm-hmm. so he's separated from them so because he has to rejoin himself every so often right. or else he'll yeah. start to wither right and is that where they se- he sees all the strings leading out from his heart to that's all at the, the end yeah that's at the end okay. um yeah. yeah they so basically uh he goes to the vampire city right uh celine to uh to recoup himself that's when they dark magicians it never really describes mm-hmm. the process but they stick it apparently stick a key into the hole he has on his chest yeah and wind his heart up right it's, um, it's a very elaborate version of, oh, the vampire was injured, so he has to go to his coffin to sleep. Instead, it's literally, I have to go back to the vampire city, where every vampire in the world and throughout history has, like, a con- like a summer home, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, what well, I tomb, in other words. Yeah. Uh, and, well, and, a giant mausoleum. A giant mausoleum. And Except his... him is, he's poor, relatively poor. Like, right. he's a doctor, but he's, he's just, he's not a great leader or anything, so... Uh, he has a smaller right. mausoleum. Yeah, he's kind of looked and, down on by the other vampires. And they, he's not. they say it, something about uh, the, the main characters feel sort of sorry for him when they see his mausoleum compared to the others. Right, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're almost, you know, <laughs> he's, 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 he has to deal with vampire snobs everywhere yeah. else he goes in the city. Um, but yeah, no, so, he, so basically he goes back there, the vampire city. So then the, the sort of second part of the book is them tracing down the vampire city uh to uh, but they they have managed to capture like i say one of his vampiricules i like that word yeah use it. um uh, and who's actually in uh his duplicate who was originally an english woman named polly bird right who he kidnapped and right turned into and since he caught her she becomes uh she has to serve them basically yeah. um so she's the one who leads them to the vampire city mm. oh uh and another thing about the vampires they don't have their powers from 11 to 12 right. in the morning. Right. And again, it's sort of a variation on, okay, they sleep at night and that's when you have to find them in their coffin. This is like there's one hour of the day yeah. only. Though, um, the the whole idea that vampires burn in sunlight comes from Nosferatu or right. that sunlight kills them. Right. There are examples of vampires not liking sunlight earlier right. or being comatose during the day, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie Nosferatu invented the idea that vampires will explode or burn right, or whatever right. when yeah, exposed. And, yeah, I always, I actually always prefer the idea that it doesn't just kill them, they just don't like to be out in the sun. Because yeah. Dracula, he could go out in the sunlight, He can right? go out in the sun, but he doesn't have his powers during the day. Right. But it, nothing about exposure to the sun. Right. Like, he wouldn't have his powers inside, mm-hmm. or his shape-shifting powers anyway. He's still strong and fast. But. Right, right, right. So, so th- again, it almost seems like he's blowing it up to absurd proportions. Yeah. That there's a between eleven and twelve, eleven a.m. and twelve p.m. <laughs> and the vampires don't have their powers, so that's the hour they have to get into the city. Yeah. And kill Mister Goatsy. Yeah, and to kill him, they have to uh, surgically open up his heart. Yeah. And then take out his heart first, severing one of his, uh, the sub vampire who's with them, so mm-hmm. she doesn't die. And then uh, they have to burn the heart. Mm-hmm. And the ashes apparently cause other vampires to explode. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Once you've got the ashes of a vampire, you can throw them at another vampire, and it'll it'll kill that vampire yeah. by ex- 
Was it exploding? Yeah, it literally explode. <laughs> it causes property damage to the city. <laughs> so, and it's fun. And this is all really bizarre and ridiculous, but it's a really tense, effective sequence getting mm-hmm. into and out of the city. And there's a cool fight scene with Mary Bones, that, you know, fighting the entire city with their right. coming after him. Right. And uh, he's just sort of, you know, swinging around the spoon and yeah. blowing them all up. And That's, what, what is, oh yeah, because he has a spatula, he has a, uh, like a, a scoop full yeah, of, uh, full he, of the ashes, full yeah. Full of the ashes, and he's throwing it around. And, but yeah, it's, it's actually a, even like, it's written in 1860 and it's this, or eight, the 1860s and it's this very tense sequence when you read it, because mm-hmm. uh, they're just trying to get out. And again, he's almost certainly. We haven't talked about Anne Radcliffe tweak. much. No, we haven't. So yeah, so um, Phil, Tell us about Anne Radcliffe. Yeah, she was a real-life gothic writer. Um, uh, She influenced Jane Austen and Edgar Allan Poe and, uh, you know, many other writers who Mm -hmm. we know better. Right. Um, She's largely forgotten these days, probably because her works don't actually involve anything supernatural. Right. Uh, She always uh, would... There would always be hints of ghosts or something, but then it would be explained by the end. Right. Using rational means, and that sort of fits in with... The Enlightenment time right. that she was in. Yeah, she. Uh, the way I heard it was she kind of made the goth gothics respectable because she took out the supernatural aspects, yeah. and before that they were seen as kind of, you know, scummy, you know, mm-hmm. popular fiction. But he, she, they became a little bit more literarily respectable because it was. Yeah. There but were, unfortunately, that also makes them kind of frustrating. Apparently. Right. Yes. Um, well, and again, this seems to be something that he's literally making fun yeah, of. Yeah, uh, because it ends. Uh, Vampire City ends very disappointingly. Should we spoil it or? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, it's all a dream, or was it? Yes, that well, old, that old chestnut. Well, he he literally comments on. I know how lame it is to end with. Yeah, <laughs> like he literally says. But it's it was a prophetic dream. It was a prophetic. So all this will happen. It just didn't happen at that point right but it's all told in past tense anyway so it's yeah it's really confusing it's 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 literally him like well again he's clearly making fun of that aspect of not just the gothics but lots of novels of that time because again if you wanted to be respectable you had to find an excuse even into the 20th century there's a lot you see a lot of uh stories especially horror stories where they go oh it turns out there was a rational explanation all along even well i mean scooby-doo exactly scooby-doo is that yes exactly yeah Sorry, go ahead. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I was frustrated by the ending, but it does make, you know, sense as, as it, its intention. Right. It's still very, like, you want the vampire city to be real, you know? Yeah. And I mean, it literally, well, because it comes to the climax where they're all about to die or whatever. Yeah. And that's when they wake up and it was all a dream, basically. Yeah. So that's that's. There's where... also a recurring thing about Wellington who keeps coming up. Yeah. The, the Duke. Duke of Wellington. Right. Uh, who keeps uh, just showing up and he's described as a young Arthur comparable to a god. Right. Once again, parroting, parroting how the English thought of Right. And this is, this is from a French guy yeah. and Duke Wellington defeated Napoleon, so you have to think that was yeah. probably... Paul yeah, Paul Vavel uh, often complained apparently about... Well, he complains in this book too about uh, the English stealing his works. Mm-hmm. And this was common, you know, other countries would just steal. Right. Because copyright didn't cross borders often mm-hmm. um so this book is very much a um screw you to the english in some ways <laughs> exactly yeah that's what definitely comes across but it is just kind of interesting and Anne radcliffe um 
my favorite detail I saw about her, uh, which was <laughs> this was actually oh, yeah. just on yeah. the Wikipedia page. No, no, no one, no source. Just they just flat out claim that her husband William Radcliffe supposedly went insane from reading her writing, <laughs> and I, they just that throw seems, that out there and yeah. don't even elaborate on it. That seems very far fetched. Uh, exactly, but it, it sounds like um, basically she wrote. Uh, interestingly, oh, she also inspired uh, Jane Austen. Uh, I mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, Northanger uh, Abbey. Yeah, is, and apparently one of Jane Austen's books was a parody of Anne Radcliffe yeah, as well. Northanger Abbey. I okay, is the yeah exactly. Uh, and she appears in like the Becoming Jane movie apparently. Anne oh, Radcliffe okay. does. Really? An older Anne Radcliffe tells Jane Austen to hmm. that she should pursue writing. Oh. Which probably never happened in real life. <laughs> yeah, no. Know. Well, that's interesting that they used Anne Radcliffe. It's, no, not much of the audience was probably going to be going, why they referenced Anne Radcliffe? Yeah. You know what I mean? But it sounds like she wrote these books and she made a big splash and it was uh, a big Especially deal. Especially overseas. They were, er, they were translated into a lot of languages. The French probably knew Anne Radcliffe better than the English did at, the, right. at this time. Right. But it is, I mean... Just to appreciate making her the hero of the story in a way that is probably parodying her as well. Yeah. Uh, because at least some of it, like, there's a bit where he literally uh, talks about her, like, talking to herself in the voice of one of her books mm-hmm. and kind of making fun of the book by having her talk that way. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, I mean, the whole premise is kind of a But equivalent. it's very much like uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, you know, taking a, yeah. well, a real-life person and having them fight vampires right. or supernatural elements. Or, or even better, it'd be like if Stephen King Vampire Hunter or yeah. something. You know, like, it would be someone who was a... Except it has to be someone who's a horror writer but didn't write about vampires. Yes. <laughs> but was a vampire, was killing vampires in the story, basically. Um, I, y- yes, and um, the the translator of this, Brian Stableford, who seems to spend all his time translating books, because French books, because uh, mm-hmm. his name is on a lot of these things that we'll be reading. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, compares it to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right? In that she's you know a, a female young, she's teenage in the story, I think. Yes, because um, it takes place before she was married, mm-hmm. when she was just Anne Ward, right? Um, and she you know. She's the leader of the group. She doesn't do much vampire slaying herself. No. But uh, she does lead the group, and she is clearly the one in charge. Yeah. Few... Even though Mary Bones is the real sort of action guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's made uh, quite. A f- I, I saw a couple of people compare it to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm-hmm. and the entire basis seems to be because it's a female lead, and they go and hunt vampires. Yeah, but it's it's yeah. a step in that direction. Yeah. Even it... though this book, like I said didn't influence anything that followed no uh, as far as i can tell exactly um it does appear in league of extraordinary gentlemen the vampire city is mentioned in the back matter of volume two yes they go through it and see vampires like count yorga from the 70s movie and right right so forth yeah uh so you know and that's something Mm. yeah no it's yeah, so uh, it's it's a very weird, quirky novel, as you say. It's, it is a cul-de-sac, but it is it just shows you how the vampire has just been this very strange and uh, interesting thing for two hundred years now. People have been writing about it and uh, and kind of uh, using it as the basis for all kinds of different stories. So that was kind of an interesting uh, an interesting uh, <laughs> an interesting uh, note that they had to end on. Uh, I think we're uh, just about out of time for this particular entry. Um, so we're going to wrap it up here, uh, but you can check out all the uh, 
the, the things that we referenced here um, with links. We'll provide links. And uh, if Oh, you're... yeah, I should mention I've done a lot of art based on this book because it's yes. very interesting. So yes. check that out. We'll, yes. We might link some of it in the show notes yes. or something. Phil is doing a vampire comic called Undeath, right? Uh, yeah, it's part of my Apex Society uh, webcomic. Yes. The current uh, issue is pretty much about the vampire city. So. Yes, exactly. So it's, it's a very interesting book. It's short. We do actually recommend if you check it out just to, so you can read it and go, what the hell did I just read? Yep. Uh, but it is really cool. So kudos to Phil for digging that up. Uh, anyway, have a good night uh, to all my audience and uh, keep your necks covered. <laughs> sure. Good night. Good night.